This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Shanedale sighed, having finished a grueling day of campaigning. Her campaign manager, the Sephardic heiress, Dora Lopez, gave her a wry smile. <sighs> Long day? You'd think that running for state assembly wouldn't involve so much running, but I've been huffing it from one meeting to another. How'd it go? I, the waste, was at the radical trade unionist meeting. I'm telling you about it now. And now, brothers and sisters, even the fleas are with us. Workers awaken. Now we have an independent candidate for the vacant seat up in Albany. Please welcome Shandell Bloom. Tingle Block. Thank you, thank you. I've lived here my whole life. And I've seen the failures of this society. And I'm not just talking about the failures of the suspenders on Love Bobchick. Talk about a crack in the social fabric. Pausing for laughter. <laughs> I'm <clears throat> right. Oh, sorry I'm late. I was earwigging a dosser, and he didn't lick it off a stone, if you get me. <laughs> Sergeant Fitz? What? It's me, Shane Doe, almost officer doubles. Wait, he's a copper? Huh? What? Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Boys, I'm Biff Daniels. I don't know who this Fitz character is. She's got me confused. I've certainly not been sent here undercover to infiltrate and undermine this union. <laughs> what? He's trying to destroy us from within. Yeah, I gotta tell my bosses at Treasury about this. What? Oops. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I mean... I'm definitely part of the Secret Service. Oh, not definitely not part of the Secret Service. And I'm not a Pinkerton. Wait, is everyone here an actual radical? Oh, no. no. Are we all just undercover? Yes. yes. I'm a reporter looking to smear the unions. So none of you are real. Ah, forget this. Hey, Let's all go to the tavern and bill it to the office. Ah, but go! Does anyone want a button? Vote! If you can find the polling place and figure out the day, please. And then I said, please. Oh, it was humiliating. <laughs> it could be worse. How? Locusts, frogs, rivers of blood. You're doing great. People know you. The Tribune wrote about you. They called me that mouthy Jewess. Ah, any press is good press. And those ads you did for the nerve tonic? Did you see the copy that guy put on them? Who reads the copy? It said, I like this even more than I like controlling the banking industry. It makes you sound fiscally responsible. They had a great illustration of you. The Democrats and Republicans won't even tell us when the election is. That means there's still time. <sighs> 
joined the police force to make a difference. And they just sidelined and made fun of me the whole time. I try to run for office and I'm opening for apes and giving speeches to men who just yell at me to take their tops off. They don't even want me to take my top off. They want me to take their tops off. Oh, sweetie. When you do a speech for the Specific Perverts Club, you've got to expect they have specific perversions. You must have paciencia. I don't want paciencia. I don't know what it means, but I don't have patience for it. It means patience. I'm not a doctor and I'm not going to marry one no matter what my mother says. A Jewish doctor? Ugh, in America? You think the Goyam would trust us with touching their bitten on breakfast? Oh, I hope not. Listen, did I ever tell you about my great-great-and-so-forth grandmother who was a merchant in New Santiago? Well, I will. New Santiago was a New World colony, considered a terrible place. It had none of the riches of Argentina, nor the splendors of Mexico. New Santiago was for no one, except the conversos, the Jews of the Spanish Empire who hid their truth. But in New Santiago, since no one wanted to be there, no one cared what happened. They didn't care about the old words, the old ways, the Jewish ways. It was a cruel, hardscrabble freedom, but it was a freedom nonetheless. My great and such grandmother, mi abuela, also had a certain level of freedom as her abusive husband died quite suspiciously from an infected sea urchin injury. He was nowhere near the ocean at the time, but that also left her to raise her six children alone with a meager sugar resale business. But even on the worst island of the New World, things can get worse. Ugh, tell me about it. In the shtetl- Eh, we are on my story now. It's always the shtetl with you, Ashkenazi. And the pogroms. Shtetl, pogrom, shtetl, pogrom, shtetl. Also a lot of getting guilted into things. Well, this is a Sephardic story. So it's more haughty judgments and spontaneous eruptions of dancing. Now, shut your shtetl hole and listen. Maya Willa, she didn't know what was coming. The New World Jews thought distance kept them safe from the Inquisition. But you know an Inquisition, nothing keeps them away for long. Soon the king was tired of these conversos, so the Inquisitors found their opening. They got an edict to cleanse the island of its heresy and bring New Santiago to heel under the boot of the church. Luckily for them, the residents were given a warning that the priests were coming via the pirate rabbi Samuel Palache. He just showed up one day and was like, hey, the Inquisition is coming. Oh, pobrecitos, those poor conversos. They worried, they fasted, they prayed. Abuela was part of a council convened in secret. They argued and argued and weighed their options and then argued and argued a couple more times. It is said they even met the famed Ottoman Jewish pirate Sinan. There are a lot of pirates in this story. Jews and pirates are as intertwined as a Havdalah candle. And Abuela and Sinan, maybe even more so, as it said that she and Sinan had a brief affair. And that led to the birth of her seventh child, Abrab, who is also my direct ancestor. So there's a bit of Moorish pirate in my bloodline as well. But anyway. During this time, the British and the Spanish were having one of their little wars. There was a British fleet really giving it to Española, not far from New Santiago. But that island was well defended, because it wasn't some backwater jerk town like New Santiago. They thought that maybe the English would let them survive. They knew for certain the Inquisitors would torture and kill them. But how could they get to the English? They were the enemy. No one dared risk ah, it. I bet you're great! Hey, shush! But yes, my abuela, she smuggled herself onto the deck of the Admiral William Penn's own ship and convinced him, through her usual way, to invade. She risked it all for her people. But would the English beat the Inquisitors to New Santiago? Time ticked by. Who would arrive first? On the horizon, sails. But who? It was- The British! Oy, I shingle. You know what buildup is, right? 
suspense. I couldn't wait. I got too nervous. I do delight in your enthusiasm. The British came and they took over the island. And they changed the name because that's what the English do. And that's how Jamaica was born. Abuela died later of yellow fever, but so did lots of people. And her son, Abrav, did own some slaves and later joined up with the Dutch and helped broker the transfer of Willoughby land, which led to splinter poisoning from clogs and... But my family managed to end up in Mexico City for a while. Gold trading, some light banking, lost it all, clawed our way up, lost even more, typhoid, opened a dry goods store, burned down, diphtheria, speculated, robbed, three-third cousins murdered, then my father got lucky mining bauxite. And here we are. The veracity of Dora's version of events is questionable in parts. But family histories are always a mishmash of legends, misremembered moments, and abridgment. So I won't nitpick details, though Sinan was probably long dead before the overthrow of New Santiago, and bauxite was not of great value until the First World War, but sometimes reporting history is reporting how people reported on history. Anyway, after she finished, she put her hand against Shangle's head and brushed away her curls. Great risk has great rewards. There is no shame in failing. There is only shame in giving up. We can fail until the Messiah comes, together. Damn. Dora leaned in and kissed Shandel on the lips. It was a brief moment and the world seemed to stop. And then Shandel pulled away. What was that? What, what was, did, did you try to clean my face with your face? Was this much on my lips? What, what, what was that? What, what, what that was? It was a kiss. No, I, I've never done with, with anyone. Not with... Shindle, I querida. It's I'm not... just... Uh, I need to campaign. Shake the babies, kiss the hands, not kiss. I don't... I don't... I don't kiss. Goodbye. Shindle, her face flushed, ran off. But in Anderson Eugene's office, Cato Beach, it seemed, was tired of running schemes for his boss, Flavius Flavors. I cannot let this stain on my soul continue. I shall aid you in your quest. I shall be Bessus to Flavors Darius. Great, I think. What's a Bessus? Anything you can do to help. I have heard tell of a plot. In Atlantic City, there resides Cavity Jack, the Taffy Baron. Flavius wants to absorb his sticky business. That's no good. We should stop it. But how? I do not know. But I do know that there is an 1115 train leaving from Platform 7 of Grand Central Depot. I happen to have two tickets. Maybe you can use them, board the train, take it to 12 stops to Atlantic City, then follow this map I hand drew starting at the Reading Railroad Station near Oriental Avenue, walk down and turn left at the jail, then up past St. James Place and by chance spot Kentucky Ave, and then a quick right on Marvin Gardens, and follow that to the door of Cavity Jack's office on Park Place. A standing appointment is made for half after three. Maybe that gives you an idea? Yes, of course. What if we send him a letter warning him? Oh. <laughs> yes, that could be a solution. But is it enough? What if we took your tickets, boarded the train past Go, and warned Cavity Jack ourselves? Rude. Those are Cato's tickets. He probably wants them for his scrapping book. I assume you have a large memory book of various tickets for trains, museums, maybe even a ticket of love? I think I recognize a fellow scrapper. My hobbies are varied, but I wish I had the time to collect my scraps for a book. Alas, the business of business keeps me occupied. So I do think these tickets are best gifted to you both. And the map as well. No, that's too much. We can never repay you. Mostly because we're broke. 
I mean, not real broke. <laughs> We're children or wards of rich people living on a small allowance broke. But here, have this. It's a wrapper I found on the street. A, a street wrapper? Why, why do you have this? I pick up things I find in the gutter, whether I should or not. Uh, you should not. Here, I shall take this wrapper and quickly deposit it in a trash receptacle. Oh, it smells of rotted fish. I think there's an eyeball in there, too. Oh. Huh. Uh, uh, mm. uh, but uh, you should hurry <clears throat> to the station. Take my carriage outside. I could use a walk. And some bleach to clean my hands with that horrid fish thing wrapper I just touched. Oh. Thank you, Cato. I'm glad you're with us on the side of the angels. I merely pray that you are not too late. In the words of the Tocqueville. Toodles, my doodles. I. No, that was not the quote. But Angus and Eugene were gone. Cato's hands smelled of fish even after he washed them. Several times. And then he dunked it in tomato juice, which should have helped, but did less than hoped. In fact, several stray cats had shown up mewling for a lick of his fish hand. He did eventually scrub the smell off, and he also found homes for all the stray cats. But cat fostering is not our tale. <laughs> tail. Cat tails. Cute little itty bitty cat tails. <clears throat> no. Focus. Grand Central Depot. Angus and Eugene arrived with little time to spare. He said, platform seven, so I should check which platform the train leaves from. Where's the departure board? There. Let's see, let's see, the the 1115 Pork Roll Express leaving from, all the departures just say gotcha. What does that mean? Gotcha? Ah, ah, the departure board is alive? Alive with the sound of disguise. Hawthorne? Indeed. Ha ha, fooled you good. Woo. Now what's the play? We're going to- I'm in. My usual fee. I knew I'd find you stops here. Wait, your plan was to disguise yourself as a departure board at a train station in the hopes that we get a case where we needed to take a train? Yes. From this station? Yes. Entering from this particular door? Yes. Needing to check the board? Yes. That's madness! Yes. I can also peek down women's blouses as they look for their trains. Bonus! Shake my hand for that, Gene. Don't. No. Jane and Angus, founders of the Wet Blankets of America Club. Let's get to the train. We don't have a ticket for you. Ah, tickets are for chumps. I shall sneak a ride on the roof. Free bugs to eat that way. That's a tip you can take to the bank. Great. Let's go. They boarded the train and headed to Atlantic City. But back at the governor's Manhattan office, Theodore Roosevelt was rethinking his third cheeseburger. Oh, my stomach. I need some bicarbonate. Oh, the acid is fluxing. Oh, oh I should sign this bill that... Oh, it's onto the floor. Oh, so far away. Okay, let me just get up and look down at my toes. Where are they? I, I can't see them through this... What is this? My stomach? No, no. No! It's... I'm a trim bull moose, not some obese elk! I need to to whip myself into shape! Uh, Uh, sir, we were kind of in the middle of something. Yes, uh, sorry, what was it? You need to approve the final construction plans for the seven world pavilions of the fair of past and future. Oh, including slaps on ice? Indeed, they are importing the ice from Franz Josef Land. Yes, slavs do love their ice! Up! 
approved. <laughs> There's some concern about what the rhombus of progress was built on, and that was. Um... Am I fat, sir? Oh, be honest. Oh, I, I'd, I'd rather not. That means I'm fat. <laughs> this, this, this needs to stop. All these eateries offering all these things. I ate all these donuts. They said it was a health food because you save the calories of the whole. But, and cheeseburgers, the bonbons. Oh, I've gone soft. Being governor's made me soft. You've only been governor for... Oh, enough of that. I've got to get back into stick shape. Real muscle. I need sporting and athletics. I am going to declare a state of emergency football game. Yes, a clash of titans. Extra tackling. Hard hits right at the dome. That will help. With myself in charge, of course. Requisition the polo grounds. Start painting the yard lines. This will save the city. Uh, sir, the city is not in danger. Oh, my poor sweet fool. You don't even see it. Set up a press conference. I'm to announce it immediately. Oh, Roosevelt, you've done it again. <laughs> and so, the mandatory emergency football game was officially announced, and preparations began. But with no good segue, the train arrived in Atlantic City. New Jersey. America's stinkiest state by both volume and density. Indeed, Angus. Still, Angus. Well, good on you. I'll go solve whatever. I'm here for the ladies. They say Jersey girls show their ankles and are trash. And I like to pick up trash. Me too. From the gutter? Gutter? I hardly know her. <laughs> anyway, you see that row house? You can tell from the shingle shape it's pre-war, but the trim is the trademark of a southern madam. The dust pattern on the latches, home to a left-hander. And the smudge, remnants of a French pastry. By the luster and the sheen, an eclair. Mm. That there is a messy bordello of a Southpaw Virginian shoe pastry-loving woman who I plan to enjoy. Must you always be so disgusting? What? I'm a big supporter of women's rights. The right to bangle my jangles. Remember my finder's fee. We found the case. It's... Let him have this. He obviously is very sad and also very good at disguises and deductions. Just because you're brilliant at something doesn't mean you get to be a, a callous, hedonistic jerk and everyone defers to you because you do one thing really well. Maybe he's just misunderstood. He just shoved a widow into the mud to get to that brothel faster. I'm not condoning his behavior. I just enjoy watching it for some Let's reason. follow Cato's map. And talk to this Cavity Jack fellow. And after stopping only to admire some seabirds and seaweed, they found their way to the Happy Fun Family Taffy Factory and its owner, Cavity Jack. Welcome, welcome! <laughs> so nice to see you, saltwater taffy at its finest. Don't worry, no salt water in it. It is just a name. <laughs> what can I do for you both? Mmm, so chewy. We want. Still chewing. We're here to still. Sorry, sorry. Mouthful of we um we really chewy. No rush. Savor the flavor. Flavor is why we're here. Flavius flavors the snack baron. Never heard of him. Why am I still chewing? It's so 
Oh my God, when will this end? He forcibly takes over rival candy companies. Why? Because, I'm not sure. Profits? I mean, it's not, it's, it's kind of a case in progress. When will this end? I'm, oh. Swallowed it. At last, I'm free of it. Can I have another piece? Of course. Just glad to be done with it. Oh no, the circle starts anew. At least take our card. In case anyone suspicious approaches you about selling your business. Will do. But remember, Fun Family Taffy Factory is just a little operation in a little state. Excuse me, Mr. Jack. The fuck? What are you doing here? The puller is stuck. You're the foreman. Get to it. What do I pay you for? Sorry, sir. Is that a child? He's six. Five and three quarters. Shut up. That's a gentleman's six. Is he your son? This uggo? No way. He's the factory foreman. Is that a baby? That's the floor supervisor. He made a boom boom in his diaper. And that's my problem? He's not on diaper break. Get back to work, you lazy tykes. Sorry about that. Business, right? You force children to work for you? Force? I pay them. Besides, kids love candy. And kids also love cleaning, packaging, shipping, and operating the machines that make candy. For kids, buy kids. Their little hands barely get cut up by the threshing blades. Look at this picture of the little Dickenses operating the automatic taffy puller. It looks very dangerous, and they look terrified. Terrified with delight? The taffy puller is only dangerous if you are thrown directly on it and pulled apart being turned into a gelatinous mess while still conscious and cognizant of the horrible sluice you've become. But that rarely happens, and we always clean the machine before we make more taffy. Even though the government allows a certain amount of child parts per piece, I can assure you our taffy is well below the official limit. My jaw hurts from chewing. But thanks for warning me about this flubious boobers or whatever. I'll be sure to be extra careful. Goodbye now. And with that, Cavity Jack quickly escorted Angus and Eugene to the street and slammed the door shut. That guy was kind of a jerk. You know, it's odd that every titan of industry we've ever met has been cruel and terrible. I'm sure this millionaire was kind and honest somewhere, right? And just at that moment, Henry Clay Frick, the industrialist, drove by in his humanocycle, a carriage made of poor people. He kicked the wretches to make them move faster. He liked it because it didn't waste any horses, as the poor were a more renewable resource. But he did say, you, those two idiots they made that show about, uh, with the inflatable shark. Very loosely based on us. Ah, you sang that song about how much you love birds. It wasn't me. That was an actor playing a role based on me. You really love those birds. I do love birds, but it doesn't define me. I'm also very clumsy. Not one thing. Sing that song from the show about the birds. That was not me. It was... I'm over it. I throw this apple at you. Enough. Peons forward. Frick kicked the humanocycle and it shuddered to life as the people lurched forward, carrying him off to his seaside mansion. Hate that play they made about us. They did explode a shark every night. I did not see it. And I never will. It was forcibly closed because of the smell. Good. It seems like Cavity Jack had no idea about Onesimus sweets. Yeah, there was something shady about him. I think he knows something. Cato seemed convinced, and he's Flavor's right-hand man. Hmm. Our train doesn't leave until tomorrow. What should we do? 
Ah, look at all those Canada geese. Delightful. Stop running after them. It's fun. I might just chase after all these wild geese for a while. Just feels right. I did want to double back and check on some of that seaweed. It looked so wet. Green. It's been... I mean, I had to leave that shrub. It wanted too much of my attention and my mulch, much, much mulch. So... I, I get it. Rebound weed. What does rebound mean? It's like when you're bound up in bandages and then you take them off and put them on again and rebound yourself. Wouldn't that be... Rebind? No, not to us cool centennials. That's what we call our generation of young people who are coming up at the turn of this new century. You're not a young person. You're only two years younger than me. It's a big two years. You wouldn't understand since you're a Gettys boomer, always talking about the Civil War. Uh, I was eight when the war ended? For some of us, it never ended. Thank me for my service in the Spanish-American War. Where's that seaweed? You're welcome. And then, Eugene remembered captaining the boat on the Pacific. He was supposed to capture Spanish island territories, but he put the map upside down and ended up bombarding a deserted island. But there were several albatross nests, so he ordered the birds captured. Several of his sailors slipped off the island and were injured. Eventually, he was able to claim the island for the United States because of the Guano Act. The Guano Act let Americans capture islands if there were deposits of guano or seabird dung, which was used for fuel. The island was named Idiot Atoll after Eugene and would eventually be gifted to Britain because of a bet Whitelaw-Reed lost to H.H. H. Asquith in a snail race. Snail racing having had a brief popular heyday in the UK in the 1910s. But that was the future. And Eugene's mind was in the past. He still looked back fondly on his time in the Navy. The next morning... Just before they were to board their train back to New York, a police officer found Angus and Eugene. He demanded they come to the Fun Family Taffy Factory. We found your card amongst his possessions. What happened? Well, according to our investigation, Cavity Jack accidentally jumped into the taffy pool, and he was pulled apart in a taffy to death. This taffy puller? Yes. Into this taffy? Yes. That I am eating? Yeah. That I'm still eating? Yes. Has bits of Jack? Yes. I should stop eating it? Yeah, you probably should. This looks like murder. Mm. Looks like? Yes. Looks is. No. It was ruled an accident. But he... But he nothing. The case is closed. Okay, we only called here to return your car. But maybe it's... Telegram from Mr. Eugene Needy? It's Nedley, but I am... That's me. Huh. I thought you'd not be such a pansy. Oh, well. Here you go, pansy. He seems nice. Let's see. Oh, it's from the governor. Dearest Eugene, stop. You have been forcibly drafted into a mandatory football game. Stop. I'm calling it the Rosie Bowl. Or maybe the Bowl Moose. Stop. I haven't decided. Stop. I probably shouldn't have put that in there. They charge by the letter. Stop. How much per letter? What? That's highway banditry. No, don't put this in the message. Stop. No, for real. Stop. Stop. Stop! Well, you best make your train. Don't want to upset a governor. Once I upset George Wirtz and he never let me forget it. I can't go anywhere near Trenton now. Fascinating story, friend. Let's go. What about Hawthorne? He'll find his way back. Or maybe he's already here. 
Eugene? I thought maybe he was here in disguise. Or you were him. I'm not this him. This isn't a mask. Stop pulling my face. Maybe he's your fake hand. Let's go. I hate New Yorkers. Oh, well. Oh, why should I mention that right before he died, Cavity Jack signed a contract and said if anything should happen to him, his company would be sold to a mysterious company whose name was redacted but was co-signed by Flavius Flavors. I'm sure it's not that important. <laughs> I'd be considered a bad cop if this was anywhere but New Jersey. In fact, he was later awarded Officer of the Year and given New Jersey's highest honor, the Camden Cross, and a Raritan handshake. That's where they cover you in garbage and punch you a lot. Such is the way of New Jersey. The Landwell Murders is a Roy Gold production. It was written by Jonathan A. Goldberg with music by Matt Roy Berger. It was directed by James Oliva and mixed by Martin D. Fowler. Editing help by Hannah Fairchild. Visit landwellpod.com for all your Landwell needs. Why not pick up a teed shirt at our merch store? Capitalism! Hooray? Why am I so sad all the time? Why do I feel so empty? Eh, uh, it's probably nothing. Anyway, get a shirt or a sticker or a mug. Yay! Remember, stay planty and always leaf toward a shrub. And they're gone. All right. Oh, here I am with uh, this horrible smell. I can't touch anything. I really want to eat the caramel in my pocket, but here we are. All right. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.